to Affirming Truths. I'm your friend and host, Carla Arges. This show is a safe place to share our struggles, grow in faith, and root our identity in Christ. My hope is that you will leave each episode feeling encouraged in your journey. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to this Thursday's bonus episode. I am, I've been looking forward for this conversation for a while. I have with me Felicia Joy of The Worthy Set. You can find her on Instagram, but I have been following her for a while. And she's this beautiful young lady. And yes, young, a lot younger than me, but a beautiful young lady who has been so open and transparent with her mental illness and her struggle and her walk. And I know from experience how much courage that takes. And for her to have that courage at her age, I just think is God doing incredible things through her to help others. So Felicia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Carla. It's such an honor to be here. I really appreciate it. And I could say the same thing about you. I mean, I just love following you. I love seeing your journey. And we have a lot more in common, I think, than you probably realize. So you're just such an encouragement to me. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, before we dive into the heavy stuff, <laughs> why don't you tell me a little bit about you? Where are you from? Um, and maybe tell me a hobby you enjoy. Mm, Okay. So I am, I live in the suburbs of Chicago in Illinois. So we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but it's nice and dark this time of year and that's not super fun, but we're hanging in there. Yes. (laughs) And, um, yeah, a hobby that I really love is I'm a runner So that really helps with my mental health. That helps kind of clear my head. It gives me time to pray and time to think and time to rejuvenate, which is such a weird thing as a runner Um, because a lot of people are like, you know, your sport is my sport's punishment. And I was going to say, I have so much admiration for you. Unless someone is chasing me and I'm running for my life, you will not (laughs) find me running. I'm more of give me some weights, give me something heavy to lift. Mm -hmm. And that's how I work out my emotions. Nice. I admire that. I can't do that. Um, I have no strength in my upper arms. So yeah, yeah, I admire that. (laughs) But, you know, it, it goes to show, though, that movement in whatever form is right for you is an important part of our journey of meeting with God. I certainly meet with God during my workouts and it's just a great, it's a great serotonin boost. Definitely. So speaking of serotonin boosts, (laughs) we're we're going there now. We're diving right in, right right into the deep end. I'm quaking Uh, in my non-existent boots. (laughs) Um, I know one of the things you've shared a lot is depression. And I will say, you know, before we go forward, there's a trigger warning here. We are going to be talking about themes of suicide and suicide ideation. So I just want to make sure that you guys are all aware of that as we go forward. But you've shared a lot about your battle with depression and suicide ideation. And I'm wondering if you could tell us, when did that start for you? 
um, because you are young. And sometimes we think these things are just after years of living and doing the grind. But really, especially when it comes to brain function and brain health and the organ as a as a part of the body that can malfunction, that can start young. So mm-hmm. why don't you tell me a little bit about what that has looked like for you? Yeah, so <laughs> it started really young for me, about 16 years old was really the time frame where I realized that I was super depressed. And I was in high school. I'm I'm 28 right now, but um, at 16, I was in high school. And I just remember it was winter and I was really sad. And I went outside and it had been snowing and the snow was like super high. And so you could kind of just plop down and make a snow angel and, you know, kind of sink into the snow. And so I kind of sunk into the snow and I just laid there and I stared up at the sky. And I remember being like, God, why is this so hard? Mm-hmm. Why is my brain like this? What is wrong with me? Why can I not function like I see other people functioning? And so it started very young and it really has stuck with me. I have tried a lot of different methods to work through the depression and the anxiety and the suicidal ideation. And um, I just realized that you should really listen to your doctors. And when they say to stay on something, stay on it. (laughs) So yes, it's, it started pretty young. So that sounds to me like you tried medication And then you took yourself off without guidance from your doctor. So why don't you share a little bit? Like I, I work with a lot of women and the struggle to stay, to accept medication and then to stay on medication is real. Um, There is a mental block for so many women, this fear, this stigma, Um, this, yeah, fear of what it says about them, if they need medication, what was that experience like for you? Gosh, I, I struggled so hard to break through that stigma. Like you're saying, I grew up always being kind of the strong one in the family, like Felicia gets good grades, Felicia kind of powers through all the sad things that have happened in her life. Um, Felicia is a warrior. I I just grew up with this image and the self-image of being the really, really strong one. And so to accept that I needed extra help was really difficult to do. I did not want to accept that. And so much so that I didn't even start medication or antidepressants until I was in college. And it happened after um, I had a professor I was close to who passed away. And then I had um, an engagement that I actually broke off and I was just devastated. And that was on top of all of the depression and anxiety that I was carrying. And so between these circumstantial things on top of this underlying depression and anxiety, I was a hot mess. I could not function. 
And I knew I needed help. And it was one of those things where it was like, I am desperate. I can't hold on to my pride anymore. I can't pretend like I'm okay. I cannot power through this. Something terrible is going to happen if I don't get the help that I need. So that's where my medication journey kind of started was in college was reaching out and being like, please, you know, give me assistance because I cannot do this by myself. So getting that assistance, getting that support, why did you walk away from it? Mm. Yeah, I, I'm really bullheaded, strongheaded, and I thought that it was like, I almost thought it was like an ibuprofen where, you know, you're hurting, you take an ibuprofen, and then you really don't need one for you don't really don't need one again if it's just like a simple headache or something that usually goes away and so you can again take that one pill and then you're done and I kind of saw that being the same for antidepressants where I was like okay I can go on it a little bit and I can be it can help for a little bit and then it will kind of jumpstart my system and I should be fine after that. Like I shouldn't need any medication. It should get me back on track. And I know everybody's story is different. And for some people, you might be able to be on antidepressants, you know, for two years and then get off of it and find ways to cope with whatever mental health challenges you have, and you might be fine and you'll still have hard days, but you can function. And for me, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. I got off the medication thinking I'll be okay. You know, I only needed this for a small amount of time and that's it. And I just realized again, that was not the case for Mm -hmm. me. So it was really difficult. It can be confusing because there certainly are instances where people suffer from situational depression and anxiety where they do just need extra support to help them get through therapy, to help them get back into healthy habits like eating right, sleeping right, moving your body. And then once that situation is passed, once they've done the work to heal from that situation, they are able to get off because it's situational. And then there's other people like you and me, where it's more a function of the organ of the brain, that it doesn't have everything that it needs to function properly. And it needs, uh, it needs assistance, like you said. Um, I want to circle back to something that you said. So you're 16, we're going back to 16. Yep. You lay in the snow and you ask God why. I have a suspicion that you've asked God why more than just when you were 16, because I know with my journey, there is a lot of big conversations with God with why. Um, I don't ask that question anymore, but it took a lot of spiritual growth to get there. What has those conversations with God look like for you? And where are you now? with God and that question? I definitely still ask that question a lot. And I think that's something like you're saying with spiritual growth and over time, 
you learn how, I like how you said you kind of learn how to not ask that question necessarily. And I think that's, to be honest, a place where I'm not at yet. Yeah. And I I wish, my hope is that I can get to that point where when, you know, depression flares up or there's suicidal ideation, I can hit a point where I truly know deep to my bones that God is good and that he cares for me and he wants the best for me and that what is going on is not my fault. And that's a really hard place to come to, especially when you think you're getting better and perhaps you do get better and there are seasons where you do well and then you have setbacks or you have times where you start to feel like you're going backwards and that can be really difficult to come to terms with because you feel like you're starting over. So yeah, I, um, I've had a lot of difficulty with having conversations with God and I've just learned, um, I kind of have the saying like ugly confessions are some of the most important things you can have with God. And so having these quote unquote ugly confessions, telling him where I'm at, telling him, I mean, I have said before, and I'm not suggesting this, <laughs> but I have said before to God that I hate him and I don't, I don't like him. I don't like where I'm at. I don't understand. And I think there's something really beautiful in being able to be honest with him because he already knows your heart and he already knows what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And there's no point in hiding that. Mm-hmm. So having those ugly confessions and basically bringing that to the Lord and saying, here's how I feel. I don't actually believe it. Like, I don't actually hate you, God, but I feel like I do because of the pain I'm going through. So how can you get me to where I need to be? How can you help me heal? How can you help me believe in your goodness and take take that knowledge, just not just in my head, but take that down to my heart? Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's so <laughs> it's so ugly those conversations with God, but you have to be really honest. I've had some of those conversations, especially when I was younger, coming out of trauma, um, coming out of abuse. It's I was angry at God, like, and I grew up in a Christian home, and like, this is what I'm coming out with. Like, mm-hmm. God, why would you put me in this home? Why would you put me like why? And if I can encourage you, one of the things I've learned to ask myself instead of why, a couple of different things is who, who is still sovereign, who is still on the throne, who is still good. Um, And the other question I ask God is like, okay, how, how are you going to use this? Because if I believe Romans 8, 28 is true, and you're going to work all things out for my good and for your glory how are you going to use this? How can I participate with you in using this pain in using this suffering for the furthering of your kingdom? And I know one of the beautiful ways he's doing that with you is with your new devotion, the worthy devotion. He has, he has led you to take your pain and to take your suffering and to use it, to turn it around for good, for the furthering of his kingdom. And in a way that 
I believe I've written a devotion too, with probably a bit healing to your own heart as you wrote it. Definitely. I still, this sounds really cheesy, but I read through it again recently because it's so different when you're writing it and you're super close to it. And then, you know, I had people edit it and then we went forward and I published it. And then a, a couple weeks later, I was like, what did I even write about? <laughs> like, it's kind of all a blur. And so I went back and read through it. And I definitely cried over a few different moments where I just was like, wow, these weren't my words. This was really God speaking through me and yes. kind of restoring and healing a lot that needed to be healed in my own soul. Yeah. And Felicia, if I could just speak over to you, the things that this illness have robbed from you, God is going to restore to you tenfold. I believe that I I start to see it in my own life. And like we were talking before the podcast, it's not because I have it all together. I was sharing with you, honestly, that this is a hard, I'm going through a hard time right now. The season change is huge on my mood. And I go back to depression and I go back to, I, I suffered for such a long time with suicide ideation. Um, thankfully, I actually started a new medication a year ago that's almost erased it. And it is glory to God that, wow. yeah, like it, I was really hesitant to take the medication, even though I take other mental health medication, this is now a third pill. I take three pills for my mental health. I take something to stop my dopamine from going too high because I'm bipolar and I have had manic episodes. I take a pill to stop my dopamine from going too low. And then I take a serotonin uh, pill. But when I start to take the medication that stops my dopamine from going too low, it's not an SSRI. It completely changed everything for me. And I just felt that it was such a gift I just felt like it was such a gift from God um, because I was asking him, Lord, I was cycling every 10 days for the last five years, every 10 days battling suicide ideation. Mm -hmm. And it takes, and you know, it takes a lot of mental and physical effort to pull yourself back out, out of that and function again. And so sometimes when we ask God for relief, we're expecting it in one way, like just heal me. And he brings it to us in another way. Um, but God has shown himself to be good to me. Where have you been seeing God show himself to be good to you? Because I know one of the things that you say every day is a miracle. Mm -hmm. I, I, you say it all the time. And I love that reminder. Every day is a miracle. A miracle includes the hand of God moving. So where have you been seeing the hand of God moving in your life, even through so much struggle and so much pain? So many places. I think we could be here all day talking about how he's moving and how good he is, even through the darkest storms and I've seen him specifically work through people, through loved ones. And I do therapy, which I recommend to everybody that I meet. <laughs> I'm like, have you had therapy? You need therapy. Not because <laughs> I really think you need therapy, but because I think humans all need therapy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I 
definitely have seen God's goodness when something that I have learned is when I don't see God, I can see God's people and his people can speak love and truth and goodness um, to me because of the power that they have that God has given them. And so it's one of those things where when we're, um, I can't remember the Bible verse, but it talks about when we are comforted because of God, we can go and comfort others. Yes. And that is an incredible Bible verse that points to being able to see God's goodness through the comfort of other people. So yes, I've seen him through that aspect. I've seen him just in prayer and being able to, again, have those honest conversations and walk away from that and feel his goodness on me through um, prayer and through his words specifically. And there are Bible verses that have been kind of my fight song and what I have clung to to get me through really hard times. And one of them is, um, oh gosh, Exodus 14, 14. And it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Mm. And that is something that has really been like a balm to my soul and this healing um honey I guess (laughs) to my soul where I'm like okay the Lord will fight for me I don't have to do this in my own strength I don't have to do this in my own power I don't have strength right now I don't have any power right now I can't heal myself and so um, knowing that the Lord is fighting for you is an incredible truth to cling to and then the other truth that I have clung to is um Oh, I forgot the Bible verse, but it says, um, oh, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Mm. And that is something that I've really hung on to. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And it's like, no matter what you're going through, no matter what pain you're carrying, no matter what mental health challenges you have, no matter how ugly you feel or broken you feel or hurt you feel that he delights in you Mm. what (laughs) yeah that's so beautiful oh it's insane um and this this highlights for me and guys you hear me tell you this all the time on the podcast you've got to get into the word Yes, there are other things to support your mental health yes medication yes therapy yes movement yes fuel, yes, rest, all of those things are important. But fundamentally and foundationally, in order to really renew your mind, in order to really have an unshakable faith and trust in your father and hope, you have to know the truth of the word. You have to break open your Bible, ladies. You have to do that. Yeah. If, if you're not doing that, I had a whole year actually where I did not do that and I was more depressed than I had ever been in my entire life. And I know, again, like you were saying, Carla, it's so many things like motion and movement and medication and therapy and people who you can trust, who love on you, but also the word is so foundational. And when I was not in the word, 
there was just this veil of darkness that I felt like was over me and I could not see any light. I could not see any glimmers of hope. And thankfully, because God is good, he broke through that in his goodness and he's not going to let us stay there in that darkness. But I think I would have saved myself a lot of heartache and a lot of hurt if I had just worked through that pain in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't. So <laughs> No, but you know, these are the lessons that we learn that we take forward. Okay. So now next time we know when we start to feel that dark place, have I let that slide? Like, can I check in with myself? How can I correct this ship quicker than I would in the past? And um, you're still young and you're still learning. I'm still learning and I'm like double your age. Mm-hmm. And um, it it gets it gets harder and easier at the same time. It's harder and easier at the same time. I don't know how to explain it. Like with experience, because with comes wisdom and discernment, like you probably now are much more advanced in helping to correct the ship than you were when you were 16, because you have years of experience under your belt. And as you go forward and age and have these setbacks and learn from them, um, it makes it easier in that sense. But on the other sense, as you grow in the Lord, he takes you through deeper waters because he's sanctifying us and stretching us because he wants our faith to continually grow. And so that involves going into deeper and deeper waters in different ways. Um, So it gets easier and harder at the same time. I really resonate with that, honestly. And especially when I was talking to my counselor recently and I thought, I told her, I thought that once I went through a really hard season where there was a lot of, like, I had never experienced um, suicide ideation before in my life until a year ago. And so I had no idea what was going on. And I was terrified for my life. Uh, And so I just told when I got through that, I told my counselor, like, I thought being 16 and going through depression and anxiety and all of that stuff like I thought I had made it I thought God had taught me my lesson I thought I could rely on him I'm good I've learned the things I don't need to go through this again and then when it got even worse and I found myself in a similar place of hurt and heartache I just remember feeling almost betrayed by God like Mm -hmm. how did this happen and you, like you said, you really do learn how to cling to um, what you've learned and you learn how to cling to these methods of healing that have helped you get through your past. And you have more hope to know like, okay, if I got through what I went through before, I can get through what I'm going through now. Yeah. Absolutely. I say it's waves. Sometimes the wave stays longer on the shore than I'd like, but the wave always does pull back. It's just learning to ride the wave. I love that. Um, What would you say before we wrap up to encourage someone who is struggling with that and struggling to see the goodness of God in their dark spot? I have 
four things I would say, and they're all really short, so don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One is that your pain is real, that you're not crazy for experiencing this, for what you're going through. Your pain is real. No one can can, um, discredit that. And two, you're not alone, that there are so many resources around you, so many people who can care for you. Even listening to your podcast, Carla, it is so encouraging and so life-giving. And so you are not alone. And then three, it, it won't always be this way. And that's one of the biggest truths that I have clung to is it won't always be this way that God does not leave you where you are, that he makes streams out of the desert, out of the wasteland, that he is so good and so caring and he will not leave you where you are. And then four is God is not done working. He is not done working until it's good. He is not done. Amen. Amen. Okay. I want everyone to get their hands on the worthy devotional. Where can they find that? Is it best for them to go to your IG and your link in your bio, or do you have it on a website? Give us all the details. Yeah. So you can go to worthysoot.com slash shop. So worthysoot, S-O-O-T.com slash shop. Or you can go to my Instagram and there's a link in my bio and my Instagram is just at worthy soot. And we'll put those links in the show notes and make them easily accessible to everyone. Felicia, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing the realness of the journey. I think sometimes we like to sugarcoat the things and it's important to share the realness. That's how other people know they're not alone in what they're walking through. And um, I can't wait to continue to follow you and see the amazing things that God's going to do in and through you. Well, I feel the same about you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me today. I hope we're already friends on social media, but if we're not, come find me on Instagram at Carla Arges or at Affirming Truth. Can't wait to see you back here next week. Bye, friends.